Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lord. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Happy last great day. Happy last great day of the fiesta of Tabernacles 2020. This is a great Tabernacles. It has been great. Amen. It has been great. So let's worship. And we're going to give some people time to connect as well. So let's do some other songs. Then we'll get back to that other song that I had there. I'm filled with sin. I would have been my
song I don't hardly ever sing because unless every time why because it's so powerful to think about that new beginning in paradise amen where there'll be no more pain no more sorrow no more tears no more deception no more wickedness what a day this day. Amen. And that is what this day had to represent. Last great day. Amen. Last great day of the festa of tabernacles. Amen. I feel like this this tabernacles is so extremely special. But how fast it has gone. How fleeting. It has been. Amen. So we got one more day of camping because we can't pack up to go yet. So it seems like it'd be a little bit longer than usual, but yeah, it has been so fast, so quick. We'll do our best to enjoy what time we got left. This weather has been fantastic here so far, but rain's supposed to come in tonight. And supposed to rain tonight and tomorrow, even the day we pack. 
but we're praying it won't rain much, and we pray especially on Sunday as we pack up that the tents will be dry and that it'll be dry on that morning of having to pack up and leave and pack up the tents. We'll pray for that for dry dryness Saturday night and Sunday. And if it rains at all over these next two days, that it won't be much. Just sprinkles and very, very, very light showers. Let's pray. Thankfully, the weather is supposed to maintain a warm temperature. But it's been a great camping experience for us this year. It's been good. One of the best places we've been to. And I've really enjoyed it. Amen. Praise God. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this place. Thank you, Father, for our brothers and sisters that have joined us of like mind in one accord, in one spirit, in Jesus Christ for this last great day of the fiesta of tabernacles. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done. Thank you for the rain, the sunshine, the cold, and the hot, whether it's hot or wet, whether it's cold or whatever it is. You control the thermostat. You control the weather. Help us to be content with what you give us. Help us to be content with whatever remnant, with whatever food, with whatever we have, that we would be content in all things. For all things work out for the good, for those that love you, for those that are called according to the purpose. You're in control. You're God. You're on the throne. You are a God Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega. There's none beside you. Look, Isaiah tells us there is none other but you. We don't have two gods, two persons, two spirits. We're baptized into one spirit, one being, one Lord. And the Lord is Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Amen. That's all we got. And it's all we need. The Lord is sufficient. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't have two lords. Amen. We have one alpha, one omega. You can't have two alphas. You can't have two omegas. Amen. And when they looked upon his flesh on earth, they saw the image of the Father. And that's what the Bible says. Amen. They saw the image, that he is the image of God, that he is the express graven image. His flesh was nothing but his flesh, but his spirit was the Father. Amen. His flesh submitted to his spirit. The flesh surrendered and submitted and prayed into the, the greater measure of himself that could not even be contained upon the earth that could not be contained in in a human body that could not be contained in a temple made by hands lord jesus thank you for how grand and great you are you are not six foot tall and, and then another six foot tall man and then another six foot tall man but rather you are god almighty that cannot even fit on earth the earth is your footstool you are one you are one grand spirit throughout the entire universe amen you are God Almighty Jesus. Amen. Praise your holy name, Father. Thank you, Lord, for what you're showing us and teaching us. You are so good to us. Praise your holy name. This service is yours, Father. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to the book of Revelation. Chapter 21. Revelation 21. God is good. God is so good to us. 
hate this phone. Where it goes dark. Can't tell. Hopefully, it's still broadcasting. If we do, if we disconnect, we'll be right back. Don't have to do nothing. Okay. Looks like we're still here. God is good. Calm down here. Revelation 21. Those last two chapters of the book of Revelation tells us what it's going to be like in kingdom. In the fullness of the kingdom. Once everything is complete. And, uh, once everything is complete, finished. Now. Revelation 21, verse 1. 280. Revelation 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new universe and a new earth. It's not really a new universe. It's not really a new earth, but they are remodeled even as they have already been remodeled in Genesis 1. They're remodeled again. But the first universe and first earth passed away, which really means was changed that first the earth that we're on right now. The trees is what has passed away. The grass has passed away. And man, to bring new grass, new trees, new garden, new garden of Eden. And there's no longer any sea. We're not going to have to drink water when we're turned to spirit. Amen. Verse 2, and I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from the theos, prepared as a bride, adored for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of the theos is among men. And he would dwell among them, and they should be his people, and the fields himself would be among them. So if there is any temple, it is actually the entire city of Jerusalem and God himself that we would dwell in his midst, in him, as well as living in New Jerusalem, in that city. But we're not going to stay in that one city, which is 500 miles long, 500 miles wide, 500 miles tall, all the time. It's not prison. We're not going to stay in the city of Jerusalem 24-7, 365 days a year. We are going to explore the universe where no man has gone before, where truly no man has gone before. We are going to inherit the universe, according to Romans 8. Amen. We, if we are children of God, then we are hires of God and joint hires with Jesus Christ. And everything that God has will be given to us as every moon, every solar system, every galaxy. Amen. Who knows what God has prepared for us on the other side of Jupiter, on the other side of the Milky Way galaxy, 
the next galaxy and the next galaxy. Amen. Verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. As we heard in that song, what a glorious day it should be. There will no longer be any death. and There will be no longer any mourning or crying or pain. Those things have passed away. He who sits in the throne said, Behold, I am making or fashioning or refashioning all things new. And he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true. Amen. Then he said to me, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost, without monetary cost. Amen. Now remember that verse 6, that the Alpha and Omega says that I will give to the one who thirsts, I will give to you, from the stream of the water of life. Amen. That is symbolism for eternal life. A, a, a stream that does not stop flowing. Amen. An unending stream of water. Water gives life. We won't have to drink physical water anymore. But that spiritual water, Jesus told a woman at the well, woman, if you knew what I have to give you to drink. You know? We won't need that physical water anymore once we have eternal life and be no more death, no more starvation, no more physical thirsting. This kind of thirsting is talking about is not physical thirsting, but rather craving trueness, reality. What is the truth? Craving God. Seeking God, seeking his face, seeking holiness, seeking his divine presence, his divine voice. You know, we can keep the Sabbaths, the holy days, and still not be saved. Keeping the holy days does not save us. It's a requirement, but it doing it doesn't save us. The blood of Christ saved us. The Spirit of Christ saved us. Amen. When we take that Passover communion, that's the same in the blood and the body of Christ. And then Pentecost, receiving the Holy Ghost. Without that Holy Ghost, we're not saved. It's His presence, His body, His blood, His Holy Ghost that saves us. It's not our works, lest any man may, may boast. But we still must obey Him. We still must obey him. But there are many people who keep the feast days that are not saved. People who pray to the devil who keep the feast days. They don't know they're praying to the devil, but they still are praying to the devil. They still are, whether they know it or not. In God's eyes, in God's ears, they are praying to the devil. It's not good enough to just have a basic elementary childlike knowledge of the days that we must keep. Not good enough to just learn it from some organization or some website and then stay stuck in that and that's sufficient and that's enough. You know what? The law people, the Hebrew roots people and the people in 
different churches of God that keep the holy days and the seventh day, they have become stuck in the basic elementary, childlike, Babylon-like, baby-like things that are equal to Babylon that says all you got to do is believe. All you got to do is have faith. Because if you think that just keeping the holy days and just keeping the seventh day, the right seventh day and the right holy days is sufficient to save you, and that's as far as you go. You don't learn who the Father is. You don't know who his name is. You don't know the name that was revealed to Moses, the Father's name, was revealed to Moses. If you don't know that name or worship that name or speak that name or glorify that name or reverence that name, you're not saved. Amen. we got to know who the Father is. Amen. Jesus said to them when they asked, show us the Father. He said, have I not been so long with you? You don't know? You don't know who I am? You don't know me? I'm here. I'm right in front of you, basically, he said. Amen. It's clear as day. It's clear as day. We're going to know who our Father is or else we are orphans. And Jesus said in John 14 or 15, he said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you again. When he said that, he was saying he was the Father. I will not leave you orphans. Hello. Amen. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Amen. But here it says in Revelation 21, verse 6, that the Alpha, the Omega, beginning and the end. The beginning is the one that created all things. Amen. I would give you to that water of life without cost. Verse 7, he who overcomes will inherit these things. Remember Romans 8, powers of God, joint hires with Christ. And I will be his theos, and he will be my, my child or my son. So this is the Father speaking. Amen. For that, but, however, for the fearful, the unfaithful, the abominable, the murderers, and the fornicators, and the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It's not second life. It's second death for those wicked that will continue to reject him all the way to the final day. And uh, verse 9, And then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls or vials full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, I will show you the bride and the wife of the Lamb. That is, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away into spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from the field, having the glory of the theos. Her brilliance of the city was like a very costly stone, as a stone of crystal clear jasper. And it had a great and high wall with 12 gates. And at the, 12, at the gates, 12 angels, and names written on those gates, which are the 12 tribes of the sons of Jezreel. Three gates in the east, three gates in the north, three gates in the south, three gates in the west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones. And on them, the 12 names of the 12 apostles, so the 12 tribes and the 12 apostles, yes. Amen. The 12 apostles of the Lamb. And remember, it was last year at the feast 
that God revealed to us the awesome, awesome, brilliant revelation that stones, God's presence upon the stones, that God created the stones just like he did the herbs, just like he did water to heal our body. Amen. That was last fiesta. Amen. God is good to us, one year anniversary of learning that revelation. Because every year, every year, this tree gets bigger. As far as we are growing, taller, we are growing. We are growing. Amen. And if a person stops growing, they are lukewarm. We have to receive new revelations and new understanding better understanding and change our thinking about what we think we know every year. And if we don't, then we have stopped growing and we have become stagnant and lukewarm. Amen. A lot of people learn the basic elementary things. Well, you got to keep the Sabbath day. you got to keep the Holy Day. So basic, so elementary. But they don't learn anything else. Amen got to keep learning because the universe is a large place and it all belongs to us. Let's keep learning. Keep exploring. Keep seeking the face of the Lord. Amen. That, that city is going to be made out of stones that we use now for healing. Verse 15, the one who spoke with me had a great measuring rod, though measuring rod to measure the city and the gates and its walls. And the city is laid out as a square. That is the foundation of it. It's laid out, that's foundation. And its length is as great as the width. And he measured the city with the rod, 1,500 miles. I said 500, it's 1,500. Its length and its width and height are equal. And he measured its wall, 72 yards in human measurements, which are also angelic measurement and the material of the wall was jasper and the city was pure gold like clear glass and the foundation of the city's walls were adored with every kind of precious stone the first foundation stone is jasper the second sapphire the third chanchedoni the fourth emerald and the fifth sardoxy and the sixth sardis and the seventh crystallite you know what the 12 names of the tribes are present and each tribe had a stone representing them, their birthstone, representing them on the, the breastplate of the priests. Amen. But here with the 12 tribes' names, you know, we are so, so unified with these stones, the earth. Our bones are calcium. Our bones are stone. Amen. We are so much part of God's creation. Amen. Just as much as these rocks. And we're all one. Amen. That might sound like New Age. It might sound like witchcraft. But no matter what it sounds like, it's truth. It's truth. Amen. He spoke everything into existence from one spirit. From one spirit. And everything exists, everything that exists, everything that exists 
came from his breath and his wind as particles of him, particles and atoms of his existence. We are so intertied with our birthstones. Can't deny that. We are so intertied with the planets, the moons, the stars, the constellations, the universe. No. You could keep reading, but we're just going to go all the way down to verse 22. I saw no temple in it. For the Lord, the Theos, the Almighty, same as the Lamb and its temple, or its temple. It is, God is the temple. God is the temple. And the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it. The glory of the Theos has illuminated it, and its lamp is the Lamb, it is the light. Jesus said, I am the light. Amen. Jesus said, I am the light. Here it says, the lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it in the daytime, and there will be no night. Its gates will never close. They will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. That means that all things will be given God's kingdom. Nobody can say, well, I have my own church, or I have my own kingdom. God would give each person a certain allotment, certain responsibilities. One person may be a mayor. Another person may be a governor of a certain amount of land, different planets, different moons, a different allotment to each one according to their works. But no man, no woman will be able to say, it's just mine and nobody else's that it doesn't belong to God. They have to give the glory to God that it ultimately is his and they have it as a manager of the property only through the authority of God. Amen. Now give glory to God and they won't be seeking their own glory. But God will give each person their glory. He will. Verse 27, to be nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it for only those whose names are written in the Lamb's scroll of life. And we know that scroll will be woken on the Day of Atonement. Scroll of the life and the scroll of the dead to see who gets, who perish in the second fire, in the lake of fire, that is, or not. That happens in the Day of Atonement. Amen. After the Day of Atonement, there is the Tabernacles and Last Great Day. I do believe that Last Great Day, what we've been taught traditionally is correct, but the Last Great Day does picture paradise. You've got the opening of the books on the Day of Atonement. You've got the wicked cast into the lake of fire. Then you've got fiesta forever. Got siesta forever. Paradise after that. Amen. Right now I'm wearing this shirt that says fiesta forever that I saw in the store in that same time frame of that particular year, 2015, 
of when God was showing me, I believe it was 2015, and God was showing me to use that name Fiesta because to, to most people who know English and to Mexicans and to Arabs in Iraq, that the word Fiesta is much more revealing that it is a celebration and not just feasting out on food. It's not just a banquet, but it is a party. Now, it is a celebration. Amen. In chapter 22, verse 1, he showed me a river of the water of life. Again, the theme of water. Now, right now, this moment, we're sitting and standing and worshiping and having this sermon right in the midst of a waterway. When I look right there, that is where the water can overflow from the swimming pool, if it ever did, from a great flood or whatever, the water would. Oh, no. But right here where it can flood, it's not raining. It's not even a drop. But we are right here where the water would pour right down into that area right there. We was over there last time. But how appropriate that today, on the Water of Life Day, Amen. On the water of life day that we have been set by God in this, what is right now a dry riverbed, but it shall be wet. Amen. But we don't need the physical water. We are flowing and swimming right now if we will swim. If we will swim, if we will be free to float in the presence of God, it is no longer dry, and you're no longer in the flesh, but in the spirit. We allow the spirit to take control. It would not be a dangerous thing to be carried away by God, by the water of life. It is not a water that drowns and kills you, but a water that gives life. Amen. Amen. That water of life is God himself. So is the tree of life. It is God himself. Amen. He showed me a river of the water of life, clear, bright as crystal, coming from the throne. But where is the source of the water? God himself. Amen. The throne of God. The water pouring from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of the street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life. Bearing twelve fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. There'd be no longer any curse. But if there's no longer any curse, there's no longer any death, there's no longer any sickness. So that healing and those herbs of the leaf is not for continual healing, because there won't be no more death, there won't be no more sickness. There won't be no more pain and throwing up and viruses. Amen. But rather, it is just showing us a symbolism that there will be healing. That there will be no more pain. That there will be no more curse. That there will be no more thorns. That there will be no more pain in childbirth. That there will be no more childbirth, even. 
because it's all said, all done. Everybody's already had their chance. Amen. It's just a symbolism that there's a final fruit that healing is complete. Not only seven, but even 12 is a number of completeness. Amen. Not just seven, but number 12 is also a number of completeness, a completed healing for all people. And there be no longer any curse, and the throne of the fields and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. Now notice how it does not so that it does not say it does not say that the bond servants will serve them. Notice that it does not say that the bond servants will serve them. So when it says the throne, it doesn't say the thrones, does it? It doesn't say two thrones, right? There's no else on throne. So it's the throne of Theos and the Lamb. And the bond service will serve him. There is not two there. It is one throne. It is one him. Amen. The lamb and the theos are the one and the same. It is the left hand and the right hand. Yes, my right hand can sit next to my left hand. But I'm not two beings. I'm not two spirits. I'm not two theos. Even the word theos there is singular. Amen. There's not two gods. And we know that Jesus is God. So if we say that Jesus is a different spirit or a different person or a different being, then it wouldn't even make sense to say God and, and the Lamb if they were separate. Because then it would be the same as saying God and God. If the Lamb is God, it wouldn't make sense for them to be two separate beings because then it would be God and God. It's just saying that the part of God, the part of God that had been the Lamb, still exists forever. And those two parts shall be whole again, 1 Corinthians 15. That once even the Son himself is subjected unto the Father, that they shall become whole again, and there will only be one. Yet that part that is subjected, that merges back into the greater measure of himself, does not cease to exist, because the word of God will keep speaking forever, without end. The word will never ex uh, cease to exist, because he is, the word is the ABC of God. The Word is the Alpha and Omega of God. The Word starts with a letter and ends with a letter. The creation by one Spirit, one Lord, one Spirit, one mind, one body. Amen. God is good. Amen. God is good. Verse 4, they will see his face. It doesn't say they will see his faces. And his name, it doesn't say his names, but his name on their foreheads. Woo! Amen. Oh, mark me, Lord, mark me. With your name, put your name on me, Lord. Own me, brand me, Lord. 
engrave your name in my heart, Lord, and in my mind, in my forehead, and in my hands. Show that you are my master, my Lord, my King, and my God. Brand me, Lord. Own me, Lord, for I am not my own. Amen. The Bible says you are not your own. You are not your own. Amen. Amen. We belong to our master, and I'm a willing servant. Amen. I don't mind washing his feet. Command me, Lord, and I will say how high. Amen. Command me, Lord. Command me through your servants. Command me through your scripture. Command me through your spirit. Command me through the wind. Command me in my mind and my heart. Command me, Lord. Amen. For I am willing. Amen. Verse 5. And there be no more night, no more need of a light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord, the Theos, will illuminate them. And they will reign forever and ever. And it says, they there. That's not very correct. He said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the Theos of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his bond service the things which must soon take place. And behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this scroll. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who worshiped, showed me these things. He said, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who heed the words of this grove. Worship the theos. He said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this grove, for the time is near. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy still be filthy. And let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness, and the one who is holy still keep himself holy. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to repay to everyone according to what he or she has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Amen. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gate into the city, which is going to be without dogs and sorcerers and fornicators and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. Verse 16. Verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the congregations of called out ones. I am the root and the descendant. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Here he gives his name. I am Jesus, and I am the descendant of David. Who is speaking? In verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And who is speaking in verse 16? Huh? 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 Ain't the person in verse 13, verse 16, ain't that the same person? Ain't that the same Lord? Ain't that the same Theos? Uh-huh. Verse 13, I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega. Amen. Verse 16, I, ooh, I am Jesus, he says. Who is Jesus? He's the Alpha and Omega. Who is the Alpha and Omega? He is Jesus. Can it get more clear? It can't get no more clear, can it? 
says, I am the descendant of David. Because Jesus, that part that came to earth through the family bloodline of David, is the same one that created all things in the beginning and will end all things in the end. He is the word of God, the Alpha, the Omega. Amen. Who is the word of God? Who is the Logos? Jesus is. Who is the Alpha and Omega? The word and the ABC has to be the same one. Amen. The ABC, the Alpha and Omega, and the word are not two different people. They're not two different lords. They're not two different theoses. Amen. God is so good. Verse 17, the holy breath. Not the holy breaths. But the holy breath and the broad say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And, and the one who wants take the water without cost, without monetary cost. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of the scroll. If anyone adds to them, the theos will add to him the plagues which are written in the scroll. That means these translators, the publishers of the Bibles, these people that want to make their own Bibles and add in the Y names and take out Jesus' name. That's what it's talking about. And adding the Trinity verses and taking out whole books of the Bible. That's what that's talking about. It's not talking about when you simply misquote the Bible. That's not what it's talking about. It's not talking about people who accidentally misquote the Bible. It's not talking about that. It's talking about those people who took out the Apostica and the, the Catholic Church who added the Trinity, the Church of England, and those people and those translators and those scribes that took away God's name, added witchcraft names, took verses out and added verses. That's who it's talking about. And uh, Amen. Let's go down to verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Let's turn to John chapter 7. John 7. Big John, big John. John 7. And this goes to verse 37. John 7, page 110. John 7, verse 37. This is Jesus talking. Here in a minute, that is. But John writes this down and says, Now, on the last day, the great day of the fiesta, that is today, the last great day of the feast, Jesus stood and spoke loudly, saying, quote, If anyone is thirsty, he drink that spiritual water, let him come to who? Let him come to who? To me and drink. Amen? He didn't say he that goes to him, he that goes to the Father, although he was pointing to the Father when he said, come to me. Amen? Because that's what it says over there in Revelation. We just read it. We just read it. This ain't Pastor Tim. This ain't my opinion. 
This ain't my doctrine, what I believe and what I want to believe. This is the Bible. If you compare John 7 with Revelation 21 and Revelation 22, the Alpha and Omega said that he is the one that's going to give you, if you are thirsty, to give you that water. And Jesus is applying that to himself. How much more clear can you get? Jesus is, even as it said, I, Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. Right here, he is saying he's God. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles has a theme to it, and the theme is water. Fountains of water, and the water represents salvation. And the Jews and the Israelites recognized that symbolism. When he said that, they already understood. It was already been trained in that way of thinking that water represents life. Water is life. You cannot live without water. They already represent this. They already understood the spiritual symbolism of water in connection with the Feast of Tabernacles. They understood that when he said that, that he was making what would be, if he wasn't God, what would be a blasphemous, blasphemous claim that if you are thirsty, come to me. Amen. And it says here in verse 38, he who comes to me as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who commit to him were to receive, for the ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we know that the ghost cannot exist until he died and came back to life. So there has to be a Holy Spirit here and a Holy Ghost here. There has to be. But that's not two different spirits. That's not two different beings. It is two different parts. And we have to be careful about the words that we speak. Because if we say that this is two beings or two spirits or two persons, then we are no greater or no better than the pagans who worship the moon and the stars and the owls and the woods and the dogs and the cats and the alligators because they have many gods. And you have either one god or you have many. It's that simple. If we serve one Lord, one king, one god, one alpha, then we can't say that the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost are two different and we can't say that the Father and Jesus are two different people. People, We have to say parts or manifestations. We have to specify God is one because the Bible says God is one. We have to specify that the Lord is one because the Bible says the Lord is one. And the Bible says Jesus is Lord. Amen. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is that greater measure of God 
that did not come through Mary. But the Holy Ghost is the part that did come through Mary and died on the cross and rose from the dead. Very simple. Amen. And they are the one and the same spirit, but two different parts of that one eternal spirit that fills the universe. Amen. So it's just like having a north wind and a south wind. But there's only one, really, one wind in this entire universe, and that is the breath of God. When you feel the wind breezing across your flesh, that's the breath of God. When you feel the rain and the snow, that is the breath of God. When you feel the fire, that is the breath of God. When you breathe in the smoke, that is the breath of God. When you cut the stone, that is the breath of God. When you cut the wood, that is the breath of God. When you melt the metal, that is the breath of God. All things are the breath of God. Amen. But we do not worship the creation as God, even though the creation is particles of his existence. We must worship the invisible God, not the physical particles that we see. We must worship the invisible God through the blood of Christ because no man can come through the Father except for through Jesus, not through the trees, not through the wood, not through the metal, not through fire worship, not through the constellations, only through the part that died on the cross, only through Jesus, only through the Holy Ghost, only through the blood, do we access the invisible God. Paul stood on Mars Hill among many idols, many false gods, and he said, you worship the unknown God, the invisible God. That is the true God that you worship without knowing it. But all the stones and all the trees, those are particles of God. But you have to worship the invisible God through the blood of Christ. It's not good enough that the Native American Indians reverent, reverence, gave reverence to the trees and nature and the animals. It's not good enough without using the name of Jesus. Without the name of Jesus, there is no salvation. There's only one name given among mankind that we may be saved by. Without the name of Jesus, there is no salvation. You have to know the name given to Moses on Mount Sinai. You have to know that name. You have to use that name. You have to pray with that name in Jesus' name. You do not pray in Jesus' name. You're praying in vain. Without Jesus' name, there is no salvation. Who are we baptized into? Christ Jesus. If he's not God, if he's not the Father, we might as well not even get baptized. Amen. Because who is the Savior? God is. There is no other Savior. There's no one beside me. No other Savior. God said. And who said it? 
Jesus did. For Jesus is the Savior. He said so. Amen. He is the Word. The Word spoke and said, There is none other beside me. When Jesus spoke, He said, There is none other beside me. Amen. We have to bow at the feet of Jesus, even as that woman did, and anoint His feet with our tears. We need to start praying harder, deeper, because the midnight hour is near. We must be willing to humble ourselves more than what we have been. We need to get a heart for the loss. We need greater repentance in ourselves. We need to set our priorities financially and with our time. We need to set our priorities and get them straight because time is running out. I firmly believe that the perm will be fulfilled as next perm. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But God is still the God and the truth will still be the truth. Amen. But let us be prepared for God's glory, for our survival, the survival of the church, for the survival of the truth. Let us press on. Let us not look behind. Let us not fall behind. Let us press hard. Let us be determined. Let us have that willpower. Put our minds in the Lord. Set our priorities correct in every aspect of our lives. Let us not smoke cigarettes. And let us not allow anything to have power and dominion over us except for the Holy Ghost of Jesus Christ and His Spirit and His will, His words, His truth, His revelation, His movement of the Holy Ghost, how He guides and leads and pushes us. Push me, Lord, and pull me. Pull me the right way. Push me the right way, Lord. Take dominion over me. I am your willful slave, Lord. Show me the way. Pick me up and carry me. If you have to, I will be your lamb. You be my shepherd. Break my leg, Lord, if you have to, as the shepherd often does to the lamb. And throw me over your shoulder until my leg is healed. So that when you lay me back down and I walk, I will love you more because of the pain, because of the suffering, because of how you tended to my injuries, because you healed me, because you did not leave me and forsake me in my time of need. You were there for me always in the midnight hour, in the dark time, in the dry time in the dull time, in the boring time, in the exciting time, at all times and in all places, you were there for me. People would disappoint you. Brothers and sisters would disappoint you. Organizations would disappoint you. But God will not disappoint you. The answer may be no or not yet sometimes, but it's for your good and all things work out for your good for those that love God 
and for those who are called according to his purpose. And you must be able to bend to his purpose and allow him to form you and mold you into the beautiful masterpiece of a pottery that you are ordained to become. You must be moldable. You must be moldable to him, to his hands, to his water, to his breath, to him. You must adjust and adapt to his leading. Do not be rebellious. Do not be stiff-hearted. Do not be stiff-necked. Say, yes, sir, and let him guide you and lead you the entire route, the entire journey. Pick out the old paths and get on those back roads and get on those oldest, oldest trails. Be the sign. Seek in his face. No solitude times. Praise the Lord at all times. Do not fret. Do not let your heart be troubled. For I will not leave you as an orphan. I am here. I am here in your midst. I tabernacle with you on your campground, on your campsite. Bury, bury your dung in the earth because I do not want to step on it when I walk among your, around your tent. What the scripture says. He walks among us in our campsites. My grandmother used to sing the song, Walk along my bedside, Lord. Walk around me, Jesus. Walk around, walk around my bedside, Lord. Walk around me, Jesus. Walk around. Walk around my campsite, Lord. Walk around, Jesus. Walk around my living room. Walk around, Jesus. Walk around me, Lord. That invites the Lord to walk in your midst. Walk in your bedroom, your living room, your house, your garden your campsite. Walk around, Lord. Walk around, Lord. Walk around my campsite, Lord. Oh, Lord, I could sing your praises all day long. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, and the congregation said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Be at 2 p.m. Eastern Time tomorrow. Amen. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.